What brings us together today? Well, we're here at the Water is Life concert at Bayfront in um, Duluth, Minnesota, Onigaming. And um, all these musicians are gathered for an ancestral cause, I think, and something that we're propelling forward to our next generations and to have this big lake and have this philosophy of love and life. I've been looking at a lot of artwork here and people say the, the revolution is about love. I feel, I feel a lot of love here. There's a, there's a good energy, good feelings. Uh, plus we're near this big water. About two weeks ago I was up in Minnesota looking at some of the rice lakes and it looked like Texas. It's not supposed to look like Texas. It looked like fields of rutabagas where we used to put in rice boats and it didn't look like those lakes were going to be uh, approachable this year. Uh, it's kind of sad to hear this. And uh, it's something I've seen though, like where I grew up in this town called Parkville, Minnesota between Virginia and Mount Iron. It's not there no more because the mines ate it up. And on the back end of this town, there was a couple good rice lakes called Twin Lake and there was another adjacent to the lake and they have Anishinaabe names because our tribe has been ricing it for hundreds of years. And um, you can't get to them places no more and the rice doesn't grow. And so it's kind of sad to see it. And this was um, 20 years ago, so I could see this happening and to see it permeate is, is, is um, something that Maybe we can't save the earth, but the earth can sure save us. I know eating Monoman all my life has helped me. Annie Humphrey mentioned being in Japan as a U.S. Marine, and she got a package from her dad back in Minnesota who had never written her before, but on this particular day, he sent her some wild rice. And she told us that's the reason why she came back to the res. Oh, that's a beautiful thing, and Annie and I are brother and sisters. We've been in this cause together a long time, and we know each other's grandchildren and children and songs and things. And so I believe that, you know, that is a thing. When I left home in northern Minnesota in the um, early 80s, I, the last thing I did, I, I riced with my mother on Big Rice Lake, and I took some of that rice with me in Tempe, Arizona. And to this day, I still have about a pound of it. And even can eat some of this. This is like 35 years ago. And um, my mom passed away. And so, but there's something about this magic about that monomen. It. it brings you back. It's who we are, like water. Yesterday, we were scouting wild rice. And the first river we came to, the water was real low. And the rice was actually growing on solid ground. So we went to another river and there was a couple there and one of the women was from Bad River and she was ricing for the first time and she said she had learned to rice by a YouTube video and she had a, a boat full of rice and she was so happy and she was talking about processing and about drying. So we went out, my partner and I went out and she was right after about a half an hour it was like a green and gold porcupine just moving and that sound of that ticking. And we actually transported ourselves. I'm being kind of romantic here, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, that smell and that whole thing. I remember as a young child, the canoes would be parked outside, by, you know, on the side of the house, on, on the ground, kind of. And I remember 
crawling underneath there in his fiberglass canoe and the smell of rice that was, you know, that, that permeate that canoe and then the fiberglass. This is some kind of a memory cue that's almost a DNA memory cue. We were watching a movie a couple of weeks ago called The Wind That Shakes the Barley. And it was about Irish people. They were playing a game that looks remarkably like lacrosse. It was some old Celtic game. And the Brits uh, came and they stopped the game and they interrogated every player there. And one of the players refused to speak English. He just spoke in Gaelic. And they took him into the barn and they strangled him. So now we're facing something we've known about for generations about these residential schools. What kind of uh, contrition can be made for that? Can, can, can contrition be made? Well, I think from an artist's point, um, a few years back when I was in Winnipeg, Canada, I was up early morning walking and I noticed a crowd of Anishinaabe, Anishinaabe Cree people, you know, like it, it's this building and I asked someone what is going on there and they said they're doing um, confessions or um, not just testimonies. You could testify about the perpetuities of priests and the schools did to children, our, our adults now. And uh, I, I said, should I go in there? And I did, and, I, and um, I listened to some of the testimonies, and they couldn't, they couldn't say one thing, and that was the perpetrators' names. They could tell the story, and when one of the stories, one of the women described the perpetration by a priest, and she started off by saying, it would happen late at night. And then she was, she'd begin to tell the story, and it was just, it was, it was, it would draw you in. It was so dramatic, and her feelings were so hard. That following morning, I got a song. Right away, I got a song, and I felt like the, the quantum dreams of our little children who suffered in these boarding and residential schools. They went out and they prayed. And now their dreams are falling on artists and people. And, and in this way we can contrive and is to make art in the honor and, and live a good life. And that's about the only thing we can do, you know, like is as an artist and, and to change people and change policies and not let things like that happen again. But we can only live our life, a good life for th these ancestors who passed away. We gotta live our lives as it's val very valuable. Last question, speaking about what we can do. When I was in law school 30 years ago, the only thing that kept me there for a couple of months was a dissent that William O. Douglas, the Supreme Court Justice made, calling for respect for the rights of nature. In the same way we appoint a guardian ad litem for a, a youth, we appoint a guardian ad litem for the maple trees or the rice. And now, lo and behold, in our later years, Winona LaDuke is going to be serving as a guardian ad litem for the wild rice. Oh, that's beautiful. She's a sister. I mean, her, besides being politically aligned with things she's done, um, We've been brother and sister and friends for a long time, and now we're grandparents, and uh, we laugh at it all and, and enjoy life, and we know that uh, that at least the earth can save us. Yeah, miigwech. Miigwech. Uh -huh.
This is Nick Vanderpie with Keith Sokola for News from the Front, Chimigwich. All right. Let me introduce you to Quilt Man. Have you met him yet? Yeah. Right yeah. I, he changed my life with a tribal voice.